Hafade Torohamzu, Ina Anhu, J. Castro, Guahusi, J. Bird. Familiaku Mengingen Sicily, Italy, Zan Islas Medianas. Familian Jedzi, Zan Pizu, Du. Suma Sagazu Giza, San Francisco Bay Area. Y este podcast is Chamorro Red Rice. Buenas. Yo, that was the most Chamorro I've ever spoken at once. That's what's up. I'm like lightweight proud of myself right now. <laughs> Anyways, what's up, folks? Thanks for tuning in. My name is Jay Castro. Most people just know me as Jay Bird. My family is from Sicily, Italy. You know, the boot in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea and also the Marianas Islands, which is in the deep West Pacific Ocean. And I was born and raised and currently live in the San Francisco Bay Area in a stateside island town called Alameda. And I appreciate my home. Alameda is a, a once small U.S. Navy town tucked between Oakland and San Francisco, where back in the mid 1900s, the U.S. Navy brought over many migrating Chamorros after World War II. And one of those families was my dad's family, the Jejis and Pijus. My nana, Rosalia Garcia de la Cruz, and my tata, Jose Rosario de Castro. Jose worked in the Navy ships in the kitchens, and together they brought the whole family over on a ship on the USS General L. Edwin D. Patrick, and eventually called Alameda its home, working on the Alameda Navy base, and became a guma, a place of safety, a place of comfort and good food and laughter for other Chamorro families migrating through the Bay Area. And because of my monuncles, the elders, their investments, their hard work, resilience, determination, and survival, my family can continue to call this place home. And we're here to stay. So shout out to the Ohlone people, the original caretakers of this land that I stand. Siju Usmasi, thank you. And like Guam, where my dad was born and the family come from, and Sicily, where my middle name Chiro comes from, Alameda is a place where everyone knows your name. Especially if you're like me and you got hella family everywhere. It's crazy. You walk down the street, family. You go to school, family. You go to the store, family. You got Duenas, Fernandez, Sablons, Aguan, Sonorio, Santos, Manabusin, Babauta, Sanitas, Berlina, Palino, Camacho, and Cruz Castro. Just to name a few. Whoa. Where did that come from? I don't know. Sometimes I just rhyme and I can't stop. I can't help. I... I I won't do that again. Well, no promises. But what I do promise is that I invite you to a conversation with me through this podcast. As a first-generation stateside born Chamorro, I've got so much curiosity to dive into and learnings to uncover. I'm part of a large and diverse community of diaspora Chamorros living with an affamalic social harmony. And like Manny Cristosimo's visual documentary, Manatas and Lagu, we are Manatas and Lagu, our people over there, our people across the sea. And an important ingredient to the dish Chamorro Red Rice and to this podcast is adding chinchuli, social reciprocity. So you hear more than just me. Even I get sick of myself, you feel me? We'll all enjoy melodic intermissions like this one, Source of Roots on the Lava Flow album by Chamorro musician Sabio.
this storytelling podcast pays homage to a staple of the Chamorro cuisine, Henexa Agatga. I'm probably saying that wrong. We call it Chamorro Red Rice. Guampedia.com has got a great article on the significance of red rice to the Marianas Islands, from the history of it to how to prepare it and everything in between. Check the link in the show notes. Rice is a staple to many Pacific Island diets, none more than the Chamorros of the Marianas Islands. Archaeologists have dated rice cultivation in the Marianas Islands back to the 14th century. Like all things, rice has evolved. Henexa Agaka, Chamorro Red Rice, is so popular that even KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken on Guam, serves it with its fried chicken. During the early days of Spanish colonization in the Marianas Islands back in the 17th century, a lot of things changed. But we'll have to touch on that in another episode. Right now, we're focused on one thing that they brought that I can really appreciate, and it's the achote seed. The achote seed most likely came from Mexico or somewhere in Central America and was brought over as part of the trade winds or as part of their, you know, whatever the Spanish did in the Pacific Ocean at that time. And it comes from this small achote shrub with beautiful red prickly flowers that grow seeds inside of them. You take those seeds, you soak them in water, and then the deep reddening of the water is what's added to the grains of rice as you cook it. It creates a distinct orange reddish colored rice with a very, very powerful and completely nostalgic flavor for me. I absolutely love it. There's dozens of ways to cook it, to prepare it, and to eat it. Um, so everyone has their own way. Every way is unique and every way is delicious. You can add crispy bacon. Some people add not so crispy bacon. You can add peas. You can add a whole lot of things to it. I just don't like to get it confused with Spanish red rice. Very different than Chamorro red rice. I promise you. Okay, now I'm getting hungry describing this. The, po- <laughs> the point I'm trying to make here is that um, this podcast is called Chamorro red rice. While this is not a food podcast. It is a podcast from the indigenous perspective and how food is the red thread that connects and weaves our stories together. And my wife, Catherine, she actually inspired the name. Back in 2020, when I was in the early parts of forming a social enterprise we call Finadeni, I needed an icebreaker to, well, you know, break the ice on a Zoom call with uh, my new business partners whom I, besides my brother, I'd only met each other on Zoom calls. We never met in real life. That was actually normal for a lot of people during the early days of COVID. So we're on this Zoom call with my brother, Jeremy Castro, Benny Anderson, and Joanna Duenas. And I took my wife's advice. I asked the opening question. All right, here we go. How do you like your Chamorro red rice? And with that simple question came such complex answers, came so much backstory and understanding of who that person was, where they come from, and their connection to either the island, their family, or just traditions. I learned so much. And so like the Chamorro red rice and the many ways it's prepared and enjoyed, this podcast will explore the Chamorro culture and the people from the Marianas Islands. And when you add something like finadeni on top of some red rice, maybe even a pika, a little spicy finadeni, it's amazing. It weaves stories together. It creates opportunities. It brings in the best of everything. And these stories are our stories from our perspective. Maybe it's you who will be on the show with me in the future, telling a story that creates connections with someone across the world because they relate to your feelings or emotions or family history. 
As a white and an indigenous person, not born or raised on my ancestral lands, I find comfort knowing that I'm not alone, that there's other people out there just like me, Mahalang, yearning for something. So I invite you to this connection and to this conversation to co-create something that honors the future generations, us in the present generation, and the generations that came before us. For me, Jamal Red Rice is personal. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I've been wanting to connect with people, share stories, share, and I want to express some creativity as well. Jamal Red Rice will be experimental, which means I'm going to try different methods of storytelling and entertainment. I want to make sure that every minute you spend with me is worth your time because I value those minutes and I appreciate your attention and support. And I also value the contributions that you make and continue to make to the community. You don't got to be Chamorro. You don't got to be an Islander to connect with our stories. You just have to be open to empathy and embrace curiosity. So I'll start. Over the last week, I called a few people, some family, some friends, and I asked them, how do you like your Chamorro red rice? Here's some of the responses that I got. Hi, it's Diani, your cousin. So you ask, how do you like your red rice? I like it red with lots of choti, some very sweet onions, and just enough flavors to make me want to get another big fat scoop with some finadeni and keleguin. I like my red rice any way I can get it, but I do love an occasional pea and some bacon and onions in it. Hi, this is Tori. Um, I like it with finadeni, of course. Mix in with my caligwin. I kind of like to like mix it all together. How do I like my red rice? You know, I just, just like the onions. Lots of azoti. I like it really red. And uh, just leave the seeds in. No, I'm just kidding. Half a day, Che. I love this. I love Finna Denny on my red rice. Benny Anderson, how do I like red rice? Right out of the pot after it was just cooked with Finna Denny and green onions on top. Hi, Jay. Jari speaking. I like my red rice really, really red. And I like it when it's cooked with bacon along with the bacon grease. Half a day, Chalo. How do I like my red rice? Bro, my goodness, with bacon bits in it, with some peas. Uh, man, I like red rice anyway, actually. I like my red rice with finadeni, spam, eggs, in a bowl, on a plate. Half a day, Jay. This is uh, Miguel Michael Bavakwa. I like my red rice. Zahui nekse gaga engin waha bula garlic. I like it. It's got lots of garlic, bula sibodzas, lots of onions. I love it when you add some uh, some cooking grease <laughs> into it as well. One thing I should note is that um, I feel very nostalgic for red rice that has peas in it, um, but I would never, even under threat of my life, ever make red rice that had peas in it. How do you like your red rice? I like my red rice with bacon. Now, I'm a simple man, not too big on the peas. Bacon's cool sometimes. When I was growing up, the only time we had red rice is when we, my parents um, had parties uh, when they were in the Guam Club. I like peas in it. 
Now I do, but back then I didn't. Um, I also appreciate the occasional pee. Hi, this is Janet. I like my red rice plain. No bacon, not a lot of oil, but I don't like peas in it. I don't like bacon. I just like it plain, and it has to have finadeni on top. Thank you. Jay, half a day, Jelu. This is Mila. I like my red rice well done. You know, sometimes uh, people might undercook it, but uh, yeah, well done. If you cook the rice, the red rice on the stove, some of the old school cooks like the the burnt ends on the bottom of the rice, and if you're late to the party, you might not get any. So yeah, I like that crispy rice on the bottom of the pot. How do I like my red rice? I like it slightly burnt at the bottom, and here's why. The matriarch of our family, Lola Nicholas Manabusen, she had it down to a science and perfected it. She would lightly burn the bottoms, it was nice and crispy, and that allowed like that nice aroma throughout the rice. And then she also added peas, which I don't believe is a traditional ingredient in Chamorro red rice. However, it has become a staple ingredient in the Manabusen red rice. Hi, this is Frank Manabusen. And Barbara. My wife, my lovely wife. How do I like my red rice made? I like it the way she makes it. And the way she makes it is... It's a combination recipe of my grandmother and Frank's grandmother. I put their recipes together and then I added my own little touch. What I do is I add a little chicken stock and then I... And you use the achote seeds, not the, not the powder. I, I, I use the seeds if I have them. If I don't, then powder works too. Yeah, and it's very, very good. And as far as a fun story, I don't have any really... Oh, I just want to say we got a lot of red rice makers in our Chamorro family, so the competition is stiff, but Barb's is the best. I'm, I'm telling you. It's just a lot of fun when I eat her red rice. Okay, Jay. Love you, boy. Who makes the best? I would say Auntie Clem, but my Nana... Everyone who has come up out of that tradition makes some great red rice. It's so it's it's kind of hard to uh, to mess up on the red rice, man. Well, wait, I take it back. <laughs> I take that back. I've I've tried some red rice that I can make. What in the smack is this? My apologies. Who makes the best red rice? Is my grandma. It's my grandmother, Lola and Nicholas Manabusen. Nana made it the best. I never really paid good attention to that one. The person I know who makes it or made it the best was my mother. I think my mom made the best red rice, or actually all the old people, because they used the Japanese cow rose rice, not the long grain rice. (laughs) And it really makes a difference because it's a little stickier. Mm -hmm. And to me, it has more flavor. Uh, gotta be my mom. Gotta be my mom. She's got a magic touch. Easy. Uh, the only person that comes close is probably my Uncle Dave. Who makes it the best? My mother-in-law makes it the best. My wife's a close second. My wife makes the best red rice. Whose red rice do I like the best? I like my wife's red rice the best, and that's not because she's sitting next to me. I would say my Auntie Karen or my Auntie Barb make the best red rice. Um, Honestly, at the end of the day, if it's red, it's fire. 
Jackie makes it good, but she's never happy with hers. I always think it's great. I like my red rice with my mom, with my dad, made by my Nana, made by Jackie, made by Nikki, with whoever wants to eat it with me. Half a day, hola, hello. My name is Catherine Castro, and my red rice journey started when I married Jay Castro. And I realized I got promoted and became one of the aunties myself, yet every auntie brought in a skill, whether it was sewing, life advice, cooking, and I felt I need to contribute to this amazing wealth of knowledge. What can I contribute? What can sustain generations? And so I decided I'm going to make red rice. And so my journey started with asking cousin Jackie. She has very specific steps and I love that about her. So I knew, okay, I'm going to have my own specific steps. The next person I asked was Auntie Clem. Auntie Clem has a kit, and if you don't know what a choky seed does to the kitchen and your clothes, it stains. So I knew for sure I'm going to have a kit. My favorite red rice? Well, it's a combo. Other people bring their own red rice. The combination is delicious. Why do I like it so much? Um, I was raised with it, Chamorro parties. I grew up with red rice, usually served during celebrations and big events. So if I'm eating red rice, it means there's something special going on. Um, for me, red rice is party rice. So that means we're all gathering. So I'm already in a great mood and I'm already happy to be with my family. So red rice is just party rice. So that means it's a party and it means it's family time. So family time is the best time. It's just delicious rice, man. It's a lot better than steamed rice, I think. It's a staple on a Chamorro plate. You know, you can't have one without the other. I mean, you certainly could, but it wouldn't make sense. So I think it kind of like brings everything together, brings the family together, brings all the dishes together. It just makes sense. And the most beautiful memory I have of it is watching my Nana sift the achote in a, in a little like uh, strainer over the sink and I used to like to watch her fingers. Another beautiful memory is the big stainless steel pot that we had on top of the oven when it was cooking and I could smell it throughout the Pacific house. Um, a fun story, growing up on Guam, my auntie Terry Mesa from Jotnia had one of those big navy pots she would cook red rice in. It was so big they had to make a special place for it in their second outside kitchen. That's right, the red rice navy pot had its own outside kitchen. The pot was so big, they used endless amounts of big tangan tangan wood just to keep it heated. As a kid, the pot was scary big and black from all the fiestas it cooked red rice for. Whenever the family had a big party, everyone knew my Auntie Terry was bringing the red rice. Her red rice was OG, straight up delicious. It was just rice, a choti, water, and firewood. Enough said. Thank you for listening. I am so appreciative for real. Thank you, Sijus Mase. I can't wait to share more with you and learn more with you. We're going to meet entrepreneurs and artists with ties to the Marianas. We'll dive deep into a song, maybe even reproduce it, all the way down to the percussions and the lyrics. We'll also hear the story of how Snoop Dogg and Kelly Clarkson each got a Sanahi. And we'll play some golf together. Thank you to Sabu for providing the music for this podcast. 
Everything you heard today can be found on the Lava Flow album. It's one of my favorites. I like to listen to it when I'm riding my bike. I like to listen to it on walks. I really like to listen to it when I'm working and need some focused music, background beats to help me get the job done. Check it out. Thank you to everyone who helped contribute to this, who helped inspire this, who helped motivate me to do this, and who also picked up your phone and answered some silly questions. In order of appearance, Diani Perez, John Amenabusen, Tori Schuler, Sabu Matsablan, Dr. Anita Borja Enriquez, Benny Anderson, Jaaria Menabusen Munoz, Troy Uggen, Jeremy Castro, Maget Dr. Michael Luhan Bavacqua, Shakes, Antipati Castro, Janet Castro, Mila Vee, Jerice Menabusen Novella, Uncle Frank and Auntie Barbara Menabusen, and my wife, Catherine Castro. If you want to contribute your Red Rice story, or what you like about it, or who makes it the best in your life, you can do that at redricepodcast.com. And like Sabu says, I'll catch you on the next wave of Chamorro Red Rice with me, Jay Bird. Half a day, thank you for listening to a Fenty Dating Podcast. <laughs>